When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is FBL Focal from YouTube. You may not be aware, but I now convert all my videos into podcasts. You can find all the podcast links at linktree.com slash FBL Focal. That's linktree.com slash FPL Focal. And we're live. Welcome back for another stream, everyone. Sorry we're a few minutes late. That's totally my fault, uh, not Ross's fault. It's a very special stream today, a very uh, unusual stream as well. This weekend I'm away, so there's going to be no deadline stream. Uh, instead, we're live nice and early, and we're also joined by a guest, as you know, as you can see. Um, we're here, while, here with uh, Ross, a.k.a. FPL Raptor. Welcome, Ross. Good to have you, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, all good, mate. Thank you very much. I feel pretty privileged. Like you said, you don't really get guests on your channel, and especially the streams very often, so I'm delighted to be here, and hopefully we can chat fpl and it'll be a bit of an epic stream yeah looking forward to it yeah i don't get uh, many guests on here often um so yeah it's good to have you on here and uh yeah excited to talk about your season so far obviously having a very very good season um you'll talk of the town this game week uh, i got a funny reply actually um when i announced that we're doing a, a stream together earlier someone said that they'd seen you more than their family this week <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you saw that yeah. one yeah, so, yeah i um, think it was i think he's in the chat i think that was mr fpl river i, I think he's in the chat that as river well. yeah i have been i have been on a few sort of videos and streams this week so hopefully you guys aren't bored of me <laughs> certainly not and we got loads of people tuning in already so welcome to the stream everyone we got asim john bogdan ben kinga ali alex uh ryan phil so get your questions in the chat we've got loads to talk about with ross um yeah in case you missed it ross is having a pretty ridiculous season so far Currently 578th, is that right? Overall, yeah, 578th, not, five, not 578k, he's 578th overall. Uh, meanwhile, I'm like top 200k, so uh, <laughs> it's incredible to have Ross. Um, what a season you're having, by the way. So, um, yeah, looking forward to talk about this. I mean, this is my team on stream, so I think I can already move that off because uh, no, one, no one's here for my, for my team, Ross. I think they're here to see yours. <laughs> but um, let's start with a quick look back at your gaming history, right? Because... Um, you started the season fairly strongly, 79 points. Um, would you say it's Game Week 9 that was the big one that really turned things for you based on that Game Week rank? Yeah, because I think, I think the thing is, though, we, 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 do have a lot of, we do have a lot of Game Weeks like I had in Game Week 9. So it was 119 points in Game Week 9, and it, it was a huge week for me. But I think all of us have had Game Weeks like that at some point. I probably had maybe, I think I had two or three top 10k Game Week ranks last season. So it's not, I don't think it's rare to have a Game Week like that. But I think it is rare to have a game week like that when you're already at a, a very decent rank and you've had a strong start to the season. And when you have, I guess, a game week like that early in the season, because we're all so tightly packed together, like there's not many times in a season you can go from 23k to almost top 500 in one week. So I think I'm very lucky that I had a solid start to the season and that I've had a, a really strong game week like that early on in the season as well. I hope you can keep pushing on higher. But yeah, you're talking about how the ranks are com uh, very condensed. Do you have any concerns that it could go the opposite way? No, this is all part of FPL, and and people people are trying to use it as an insult, saying that I've been lucky. Like I'm the first to admit when I've been when I've been very lucky. And FPL is is a large amount of luck. If you want to do well in FPL, you've got to make good decisions, and you've got to be very lucky as well. So I acknowledge having like Madison, Foden, and Bowen last week. That was massively lucky. So if I have an unlucky week or I have a week where my team doesn't do so well, I've got to accept that because I've just had such a ridiculous week. So to be honest, the way that I view FPL and the way that I play FPL. I, I don't get overly stressed about it. And I, I acknowledge that there's a large amount of luck. I acknowledge that I don't have that much control. I can put out the best team possible. So basically, I'll, I'll take whatever I can get. If I have a massive red arrow a few weeks in a row, I have a massive red arrow. At least I've got to a pretty high rank at one point. Is this the highest rank you've ever been in your FPL career? This, yeah, this is. I think the highest I've ever been before this was about four or 5K. That was just for one game week 
not I don't know if it was last season or the season before. But yeah, this is by far and away the highest start I've ever been. I've never even been close to the top 1K, to be honest. So we're talking about your Gemic 1 team. I think um, a bit of a throwback here. We're going back to your Gemic 1 team. I think um, I think this was, uh, well, goes without saying this is where it all began, but you started with a very, very strong Gemic 1 team, right? You picked the, the premiums at the back very well, I thought. You picked the Cancelo, Trent, James, Trippier, uh, and Ramsdale. So you kind of covered five you know, decent defences and premium teams there. Um, interestingly as well, you went from Haaland over Kane. That was a mistake I made early on. Um, yeah, I think the only thing I can poke holes in here is Bailey, the Bailey pick. But other than that, it was a really, yeah. really strong Gemic 1 team. Um, well, I mean, the thing is, I think we, we all think we've got a good Gemic 1 team. And I'm not saying I put in any more effort, but I really did think, and again, I, I drove my viewers crazy on YouTube in pre-season because I kept talking about being fairly safe and being fairly flexible. And I think what I did with this squad is I covered the four best defences, in my opinion, and I didn't back any of them too heavily. I didn't want to go on double Liverpool because I wasn't sure I didn't want to go on double City for that reason. So I backed all four of them. I picked Trippier because I know he's a 90-minute man. I know he's going to be on set pieces. I picked Haaland because I knew that I would want Haaland. It was Bournemouth in game week two, I think. And I thought there's no chance that I want to go from... It's unlikely I'm going to want to go from Kane to Haaland. But um, from Haaland to Kane, but it's very likely that I'm going to want to go from Kane to Haaland. So I thought if I start with Haaland, again, that's more flexible. And then the reason for Bailey was I actually left one million in the bank with this team. So I didn't really know who I wanted to go for in that spot. And what I decided to do was just go for Bailey, leave a million in the bank. And what that allowed me to do was essentially go from Bailey to Gross in game week three because I left a million in the bank. Right. So essentially what I did with this team is I tried covering all of the major bases. It was a really safe template team. And I made it as flexible as possible. I covered all of the major price points and I left money in the bank. And still, there was a large amount of luck. But pretty much it was starting with Trippier. It was a good call. And moving early from Bailey to Gross. And I think a lot of people basically said, I don't want to go for Pascal Gross because of what he's done in previous seasons. He's been a bit of a troll or he's not a real FPL asset. But I think you have to take each season at a time. And we could see very early signs in the first two weeks that Gross was playing more advanced than he was in previous seasons. So I, I went a little bit early there as well. But listen, Tri Trippier and Gross were the only major two differences to most people's teams. It just so happened the template performed well. And my only two differentials performed well as well, which put me up to that sort of 23K. And then, of course, the big game week nine is what's pushed me into the top 1K. Yeah, it's fine margins sometimes. So you went Haaland, I went Kane. That was a mistake I made. Um, yeah. And I went for Dinia over Trippier, which yeah, exactly. as it played out, that was fatal. But this is literally two, they're two good decisions. Like Luca Dean was a great option and Kane. I was no, very jealous being nice Kane now. in one. <laughs> no, no, genuine. But this is, this, is why I, this is why I think it's so important that we do our job as content creators and, and let people know, like if you're having a bad season, you might have made very few mistakes. It might just be that you've been a little bit unlucky on, on some of those calls. And I don't think it deserves to be punished as heavily going for Luca Dean and Kane over Haaland and Trippier. I think both sets you could definitely justify. Well, let's have a look at your Game Week 10 team. Um, I have to go a quick shout-out, by the way. I've seen a couple of my mates are in the chat. Um, one of them's getting married tomorrow, which is why I'm not around tomorrow to do a deadline <laughs> nice. stream. And I've seen they've tuned into the stream. So um, shout-out to my schoolmates in the chat. Thank you for tuning in. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting steaming tomorrow with them. not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can um, So I've got your Game Week 10 team here. Um, there's no copycats in the chat. Uh, talk us through your Game Week 10 team. Yeah, so it's the same team as I've had in Game Week 9. So I do have two free transfers and zero in the bank. So I'm not very flexible with the amount of money in the bank. But of course, I do have those two free transfers. Uh, copycat or not, I think if you know my channel and you know my content, you know I'm very unlikely to use both of those transfers because if I don't need to, I just keep rolling. That's my motto this season. Try and do as little with my team as possible. And to be honest, with the updated Mitrovic news... I think I'm probably less inclined to sell him at the moment. But again, that could change. That's not just for the copycats. I genuinely am not sure if I want to move him on or not. I just think with the fact that he might be, or it looks like he's almost definitely back for Bournemouth, which we will discuss. I think that makes me less likely to want to sell him. So when I look at the rest of the team, I don't think there's a, a particular weak link here. It's a really good team. And, um, you know, you've got two transfers banks. So it's like, where do you even go with that? You know, I, way I, guess, he... I guess my major, my major concern, like if I, if I was to say, looking at this team, where don't I like, or where do I think it's missing hmm. is, it is literally probably Zaha. Now I, I would like Trent and Salah ready for 12, but I can still get one or both in for 12 anyway. So let's ignore yeah. it for now. Cause yeah. the next two aren't great. It, it's, it's literally Zaha. So, I think it's more of a fear of missing out than me thinking he's a much better option than Madison, Foden, Bowen or Martinelli. 
and I can't do the move from Martinelli in one, and I don't want to use both. So realistically, if I want Zaha, I've got to take out Madison, Foden, or Bowen, and I just don't fancy doing that. So I think no. I'm just going to have to suck up that I have no Zaha, um, and and just accept that. And, and where the, where the free transfer gets you, God knows. Like it will probably be one of sort of Salasu Pope would probably just go out for another player, a bit of a boring one, or I might just yeah. make the ultimate alpha move at 578th and burn a transfer. <laughs> I, I don't know at this stage, but yeah, yeah, I probably won't do that. I mean, you know you're in a very good position where you're looking to burn transfers. I know we had that problem earlier in the season, less so recently, yeah. but yeah, when your team's in such a good shape, there's no transfer that leaps out here. What I did do, I actually um, chucked your ID into FPL Review um, just to see what it suggested. Um, can you guess where it suggested you spend your transfer here? I would I would probably guess taking out Foden and Salasu. Not far off at all. It suggested a few things. Okay. It's, it's difficult to advocate either of these, but it suggested Madison to Zaha or Foden to Zaha. I think neither of those moves make much sense this week. Maybe a small net gain. Um, yeah. The other one it suggested was Salasu to Johnny. So, yeah, really. Johnny? That... I haven't even considered that one. Yeah, so I think um, you're in the right line of thinking. It has to be Salisy, um for another defender, maybe Pope. But, you know, Newcastle are at home, right? It's not necessarily a, a fixture that leaps out that you should sell Pope. But, um, yeah, you're looking very, very strong based on that. And um, yeah. I, th- I think it'll be a minor transfer this week, most likely. Or maybe I'll yeah. completely mix up the team and use both of them. Who knows? Um, yeah, we were talking about Mitrovic earlier. For anyone that's um, not caught the latest, uh, I just got it on the screen now. Um, Silva said, it's not serious. Uh, let's see if he can be ready for Sunday. Uh, he said, if I'm saying he's doubtful for West Ham, of course he'll be ready for the World Cup. Um, he said, he will be ready for Bournemouth for sure, we hope. So, um, yeah, I think based on what you said, Ross, um, he has to be a hold, right? That's yeah, I, just, I think I think there's two ways to deal with this. I mean, there, there are three ways, right? You can start him, you can bench him, you can sell him. I don't understand personally myself the logic of benching him. I think if you want him and you think he's a great asset, I think you have to start him because it, for me, they're not going to risk him off the bench. If he's fit, they start him. And if he's not fit, I just think he doesn't, he's not involved at all. He won't even probably travel with them. So I would feel fairly comfortable starting him and expecting him to start. I suppose the thing you could say is there's a small chance that if they're one or two up after 60 minutes, or if they just don't want to risk it too much, he could get an early sub. Yeah. But I just, I just think with the fixtures after that, they've got such a nice run from sort of 12 to 14, from 11 to 14, I should say, for Fulham, or 11 to 13. I just think I want Mitrovic for those fixtures. So for me, for me, he's a hold, but I wouldn't bench him. I'd start him because I think there's a, a, a small chance that he does play. There's a question in the chat from uh, Iksham says, would you do Martinelli to Zaha if you had the funds? Yes, I probably would. Yes, I probably would. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that's a fantastic move. I still think I've got money tied up in Martinelli. I think Martinelli, if you take away, I know this is a silly thing to say, if you take away the blank, if, i.e. if you can bench him or you're happy not having him in 12, um, yeah. I think he's got he's got Liverpool, Southampton, Liverpool, Leeds, Southampton, Forest. Liverpool's a decent fixture. And to have Southampton, Leeds and Forest either side of the blank, it just looks like such a nice run. And I'll probably want him back. I'll lose money. So I probably would do it. I'm glad I can't, though, because I actually think holding Martinelli might be the play. Yeah, I agree. Um, as far as Arsenal, I've got Saka and Martinelli, so I don't have Zaha either, so I'm probably going to do um, Saka to Zaha. But yeah, I think I'm probably going to keep holding Martinelli. You know, Liverpool at home, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we can get the better of Trent. I think it might be um, a tighter game, but I wouldn't be at all surprised. And then um, it's Leeds after that, good fixture. Then it's the blank, but yeah, beyond that, after game week 12, it's really, really good fixtures for Arsenal and City. So yeah, I think we have to be a bit careful as well. You know, some, at one point people were talking about Haaland to Kane and stuff like this. I think that's gone out the window. I mean, I, I'm almost, almost definitely, not definitely, definitely, but almost definitely going to only have 10 players in game week 12. I'm probably going to hold Martinelli, Foden, Haaland and Cancelo. The, the reason for that is I just don't think it's worth putting out a, a better team in 12, but sacrificing your team for 13, 14, 15, 16, because there are four weeks post game week 12 before the World Cup. And I just think I would rather set myself up. I'd have three City, one Arsenal, and my plan at the moment is to try and get two free transfers for game week 13 to then bring in one of Jesus, Saka or Saliba. Because I think if you can put yourself in a position where without a wild card, you've got five from City and Arsenal, who are the two best teams in the league at the moment, you've, you've almost got yourself a game week 13 wild card there. And yes, you might get a small red arrow in 12. You might even get a big red arrow. But if you get green arrows following that, I think it's probably worth it. So I guess my advice is don't put out a bad team in 12, but don't necessarily feel like you have to field 11 or that you have to sell your City and Arsenal assets. 
Yeah, good point. Uh, there were some interesting comments on Gimmick 12, actually, on um, the Expert series. I basically asked them to send in their comments and thoughts about you know, the Gimmick ahead and beyond that. And um, a couple of them said they're not opposed to just playing 10 players in Gimmick 12 if it comes to it. Um, you know, does For example, if you've got De Bruyne, um, does he outscores Salah in three game weeks um, that Salah scores in four, for example. So, yeah, I think there is that element to it. But um, let's put up the fixture ticker just so we can see a bit clearly what we're talking about here. So, um, yeah, it's game week 12, City and Arsenal at blank. Um, and then you can see on the other side of that, Arsenal have got Southampton away, Forest at home. Two really good fixtures. Um, what's your plan heading into game week 12 and beyond? Yeah, so like I said, I think for 12 is, is Phil 10 and keep those four i'm i'm really really thinking about jesus i just think that those four fixtures southampton forest even chelsea and wolves are fine yes there's only one home game there but i just think that not many people have him and not many people have an easy route to him because i look at a lot of teams unless you have the cane spot and i'm lucky enough to have the cane spot a lot of people have a de bruyne salah or son in midfield and then their front three is like a cane tony Solanke or Kane, Tony Mitrovic, something like that, or Holland, Tony Mitrovic, sorry. So I think a lot of people struggle to get that that 8 million spot in the striking position. So I'm trying to set up my way in, in a way to try and get Jesus. And also I'm looking at maybe Saliba as well and and pr- probably a Liverpool asset of some kind. So I think it's, I think it's really funny because if you still at your wildcard, a game week 13 wildcard is essentially going to be the game week one template. I think that's what we're getting back to. We're getting back to <laughs> triple Liverpool, yeah. triple Arsenal, triple City, which is how a lot of us started our season. Yeah. Even the likes of Trippier is a decent shout. So it's almost like game week one to sort of six or seven was a specific template. We've then switched out that for a few weeks. And I think around game week 13, I'm going to basically look to switch back to how my team was before my game week eight wildcard. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Arsenal, City and Liverpool assets in particular. So um, I'm looking at game week 11 here. And obviously City are away to Liverpool. Uh, Spurs have got Everton at home. Which way are you leaning for captaincy in game week 11? I'm almost definitely captain Haaland now, I think. Oh. Uh, I, was, I was tempted to captain Kane, and I, I may still do so. Hmm. It's, not, it's not the ownership. It's not the rank. It's, it's two things. Number one, Haaland is just a, a significantly better asset than Kane at the moment. His data is literally almost double, and that's not because Kane isn't good. It's just Haaland is a, a different gravy. Liverpool are really shocking as well at the moment, defensively at least. So I think there's quite a few goals there. And and the third thing is just Everton are actually quite decent defensively. So I'm not sure that I trust that Kane will outscore Haaland enough to go against him. And, and as I've said in past videos and in previous weeks, at the moment, when there's a player like Salah last season, when he started the season, when there's a player like Haaland at the moment, I need to see something like that, that tempts me away significantly to go against him. And at the moment, I'd maybe be like 40-60 in favour of Haaland. And for me, that's just not enough to switch away. I'd, I'd need to be confident that Kane outscores. And it's just probably not worth it at the moment, to be honest. So I'd rather try and find those differentials elsewhere. So hypothetically, uh, game week 11 and you are 10th in the world. You've got a shot at number one. Would you be tempted then or would you still err on the side of caution? Yeah, we were speaking about this off stream that maybe if I got to a position where first was uh, achievable in a week and this isn't the way you should play it, by the way, definitely not. You should try and play it for the most points. But if I was in a position where I was very high up and those in ahead of me maybe didn't own Kane or only a couple of them did. I, I might be tempted to just go for it. But again, I, I do think that you can find differentials elsewhere. We saw this week, and I think it's a great lesson for people that have struggled this season because they've gone against Haaland captaincy. You don't have to captain a differential to get ahead. Like this week, I've captained Haaland. I know it's a very it's a very rare week that I'll get three hauls of sort of 14 points plus, but you only need one of those and you would have got a green arrow. So I think if possible, especially with how good he is at the moment, how good City are, hmm. I don't think you need to take risk with captaincy. You can take risk with your transfers. And I think more likely what I would do is bring in someone like a Trossard or someone that I think is relatively low loan, lowly owned that's doing quite well yep. rather than risk the captaincy probably. But we'll see what happens. I, I'll probably be like 30k in a couple of weeks to be honest. <laughs> Let me know in the chat what you guys would do if you were in um, touch and distance number one. Would you just keep playing safe or would you try something a bit bold? Uh, in fact, the last guest I had on the channel was um, the current. Well, he was current number one. Now he's number two. Um, I hope there's not some kind of a FPL focal curse, by the way. But he went with uh, four premiums on his wild card, which is um, you know really four. four premiums. Yeah. Wow. You know, people ask, like, should how many premiums should I have? And I would say to them, I would say two, maybe three max. But he went with four on his wild card, and that was his differential because no one had the four that he had around him, um, and that propelled him up. Chat's pretty divided, though. NK said he'd be bold. Brian said he'd be safe. 
Uh, Sonny said he'd be bold. I mean, whilst we're on that chat around four premiums, three premiums, Oscar, what do you think? So I was thinking, game week 13 to 16, we've got four weeks, right? 13, 14, 15, 16. So at the World Cup, our team resets. Is there some temptation? I think there definitely is with me to go for one premium for those final four weeks before the World Cup because one premium. Yeah, they're they're four fantastic fixtures for City. Haaland's never getting rested. We're not captaining anyone other than Haaland. Do you need a second premium? Is there value in having Kane, De Bruyne, or Salah when you're not going to captain them? Because especially if if you sell them, I was looking at a team, what I could do, you could get like Haaland, Darwin, or Jota. You could get Jesus. Then you can get like three or four eight million pound mids and a strong defense if you sell one of your premiums. So I'm actually wondering... I might be going for a one premium draft from 30. I might actually okay. sell Kane down to a Jesus, Ooh. and that gives you loads of funds to play with. It's, you know what, though? I look at the fixtures after 12. City have got three home games in the four, in four before the World Cup, right? Brighton at home, Leicester away, Fulham at home, and then Brentford at home. I feel like I'm probably going to regret it if I do De Bruyne to Salah, because 13 will roll around, and I'll think, I wish I had De Bruyne again. Is that not the kind of run where you think um, you'd probably double up with De Bruyne? Yeah, I suppose the issue that I've got at the moment is Foden is matching De Bruyne and or getting close. And that's not just just due to the hat trick, right? His underlying data is actually really, really strong. So you don't actually need Foden to match. If you're not captain De Bruyne, you don't need Foden to match De Bruyne. What you need Foden to do is get in touching distance every week. And then you need to use that four million effectively elsewhere. And if that extra four million allows you to get in a Jesus and a more expensive midfielder or get like a Trent into your defense, that that might potentially be worth selling De Bruyne down. So I think if we didn't have a Foden-esque sort of player that we've got there, maybe not. But I just I do wonder if Foden's the answer to a one premium draft. You still get double City attack. Then you can get Martinelli, Jesus and Saka. You could potentially have five attackers from City and Arsenal, all at relatively cheap prices alongside Haaland. So I'm just, I don't think I'm definitely doing it. But for me, Kane down to Jesus solves a lot of issues for me post, post game week 12 because it gives me money in the bank. It's amazing, isn't it? The impact that Haaland's had on the uh, the game right now. You know, I, th- yeah. I think um, he's going to break another record next game week for um, a captaincy. Um, did you see? I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Callum Wilson said something pretty funny earlier on the Golden Brute. He said, um, "There's a golden boot at the end of the season, but that's out of the picture. That's gone. Haaland needs his own <laughs> boot, and then we need another boot. We need a silver boot nowadays. <laughs> we need a little something to make it fair." Um, it's, just, it's genuinely true. I mean, my mum messaged me the other day as we were watching the game. I think it, I think it was genuinely the game against Manchester United. My, my family are all diehard Manchester United fans, and she messaged me saying, "It looks like you know when a dad goes to play with the kids to play football, and like they're all running around, and, <laughs> yeah. and like the dad looks like they're not really trying. They're so much quicker. They're taller. They're more powerful. It literally looked every game that you watch him play." It looks like a friendly. It looks like he shouldn't be allowed. I, I, I actually cringe watching it sometimes because De Bruyne and Haaland, is, it feels like cheating. It yeah, really it's, does. It's, it's incredible yeah. how good they are. And yeah, I, th- I do think that and, unless Haaland gets some sort of injury, then I think he'll break every record the Premier League's ever seen. And, or unless obviously he gets sold in a couple of years to Real Madrid, as a few people have suggested. He broke the smallest of records on the uh, FPL Focal channel um, on the Expert Series. Um, for the first time, 100%, every single response was Haaland captain. Yeah, I saw. Brilliant. Is there anyone in chat who's um, not going Haaland captain? Make yourself known. If you weren't going to go for a... for you, Oscar. If, if, yeah. you're gonna, if you're not going to go for Haaland captain, who would you go for? Who would you? If someone said, I don't want to go for him, I'm ranked 5 million, Oscar, who am I, who am I captain in this week? So I was saying to you off air, I was on the FPL show earlier, and Jules Breach asked me exactly that question. And I said, I think it'd have to be De Bruyne. I don't think there's anyone else that tempts me right now um, besides, uh, yeah, it'd have to be De Bruyne. I can't think of anyone anyone else. Maybe if you wanted to go really bold, like Foden, rested midweek in the Champions League, but who would so you let go me for? Make a, let me make a counter-argument. And so I, I was thinking about this because someone did ask me. I suppose my concern is if you think City score goals, I would bet 99 times out of 100, Haaland gets more of returns than De Bruyne or Foden. So I think you've almost got to bet that there aren't going to be a lot of goals from City. If you're going to bet against Haaland captaincy, you're betting limited City goals. So I wouldn't ever go against Haaland in favour of De Bruyne and Foden. What I would be tempted to do is actually go for Cancelo because I still think that's going to be a decent game for City. But I guess if you think it might be like 2-0 and you're hoping for a Cancelo assisting clean sheet, Cancelo could get 12 points, maybe 15 with a goal. Playing at right back, he's very effective. So... I think if I was to go against Haaland, I wouldn't go for De Bruyne and Foden because I just think if De Bruyne and Foden are involved and they're scoring loads of goals, Haaland's going to be. So it would be Cancelo if you still want to target that fixture. 
And then outside of that, I guess you could just take a random punt on the likes of Azaha or Madison. But for me, I mean, this is all hypothetical. I don't see any reason, regardless of your rank, whether you're 10 million, whether you're first, I think Haaland captain and then just find different ways to improve. Because all you're going to keep doing is making your rank worse each week. There's hmm. There's been no evidence so far that he's going to slow down. So, uh, yeah, I, I would just captain him and find different ways to enjoy the game. Yeah, I've had a few comments on um, videos, you know, saying I've been going against Haaland and it's been absolutely killing me. Uh, yeah, I think a few people in the chat were saying De Bruyne, but yeah, I think it's not the week to get clever. I think um, it's a 10-man game this week. It's uh, You have to count on your other 10 players, basically, to uh, to make up that ground. Yeah, sorry, my camera's just overheated, by the way. I'm back in like 30 seconds. Classic Raptor. I've, I've, there's probably a, classic Raptor. It's a big, I think there's going to be a big overlap of um, people subscribed to you and me here. And, uh, yeah, yeah people, it's classic Raptor, know. the overheating yeah, webcam. People will know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, part, it's, it's the endearing part of my streams. I can't help it. It's a 500-pound camera. I have no idea where it overheats. There we go. There we go. So um, one thing we do every game week uh, on this channel is we take a look at the scout selection because um, the Premier League, they kind of pick like a, um, a team of the week every week. So we look at yep. that and we kind of pick it apart. So I'll pull that up on screen um, while the webcam cools down. And I'll just read it out as well. So they've got Greater in goal. Um, they've got back three of Cancelo, James, and Trippier. Uh, midfield five is Sterling, Foden, Madison, Bowen. Bowen vice-captain, fair enough. Um, Zaha, and then a front two of Haaland and Wilson. Haaland, obviously, captain. Let me know in the chat, and let me know, Ross, um, what you think of the team this week. Yeah, just on that really quickly, because people are going absolutely crazy over Bowen, and I don't quite, even as a Bowen owner, I don't actually quite understand that. Because <laughs> I know that sounds like a strange. His data is really, really, really poor still. Like mm. very poor. Like, I think below zero point two five expected goal involvement, which is absolutely shocking. Like a lot of defenders are better than that, and a lot of people are like desperately trying to bring him in for like I've seen like silly talk of like Salah to Bowen and and Madison to Bowen. Like, do you think Bowen's a fantastic option? Do you think he's been lucky? Like, would you be looking to bring in Bowen this week? I wouldn't be. No, I think uh, I think that that boat's probably sailed. It's not a bad fixture at all, home to Fulham, don't get me wrong, but I don't think I would go there. I think uh, my priority would be Zaha and then Madison in that price bracket this week, and then probably Bowen after that. Um, yeah, I, I fully agree. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you've said so. I, I would be in, in, in that exact order. I mean, do you, want, do you want to rank those four mids then? Foden, Madison, Bowen, Zaha. Because I think those four yeah. mids are the, are the hot topic at the moment. So yeah. let's, let's say we take into account the blank, so acknowledge that there's a blank. How would you order them in, in terms of priority? So I would go, Zaha would be number one for me. Um, maybe a bit of a bold take, but I think um, I think he's going to hit his stride over this next seven before the World Cup. And I like that he's a player you bring in and you don't have to worry about that position You know, for the next seven. You just buy him and that's it. One less yeah, position exactly. to worry about in your team. Um, second would be Madison, I think. Then it would be Bowen and then it would be Foden which again is probably um, a bit controversial after a hat-trick. And there were a few questions in the chat about this, and I'm interested to know what you think, Ross. Some people were asking, should I sell Saka for Foden? Um, I can understand the appeal. Like we were saying, Foden's been rested uh, in the Champions League, um, you know, off the back of a hat-trick, confidence is high. I, I'm not sure if I'd make that move myself. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Zaha and Madison, for me, in that order, I would still, I would, I'd do exactly the same. I, I might put Foden just ahead of Bowen, and I understand wanting to go for Foden because, like I said, I do think you you can sacrifice your team slightly in twelve if you think it really benefits your team for thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and puts you a transfer ahead. I suppose the major issue is if you've already got the likes of Madison, Bowen, and Zaha, where do you go with Saka? Do you keep him any blanks anyway? The next two look actually really good for Foden. I would I would be tempted by it, but I think if you don't already own Zaha and Madison, I would prioritise them ahead of Foden. So again, in, in order, I would go Zaha, Madison, just about Foden, then Bowen. But you need, you need to you need to think about your own plan and your own team for Game Week 12 because it differs massively. If you've already got four or five assets that either blank or... Because this is the thing. Someone will say they've only got three assets from City and Arsenal. But they've also got like Bowen, So Foul, and Archer. And I look at them and I think, well, then you've probably only got like seven or eight players there. So you really need to look at your own team and your own plans. But I, I don't dislike the Foden move because he has got exceptional data and he's got fantastic fixtures outside the blank. And yeah, one thing that's easy to forget is um, some people still have a wild card. And I do sometimes forget this when I get these questions. Sometimes, um, I don't know if you do this, but sometimes I get questions and I automatically think of my situation 
Yeah. And there's people that have two transfers. I've got one. There's people that still have a wild card. So, for example, if I still had a wild card, I would I'd put Foden in first. That's probably a good caveat I should mention. Foden would be first, um, I would say, because you could bring him in and then wild card into 12 or wild card or dead end your team a wild card into 13, for, exa- for example. So it's the, uh, it's the classic. It's team dependent, which is um, yeah, sitting on the fence kind of answer. But... Yeah, it, without a wild card, um, I don't think I'd be moving for Foden myself. Might be famous last words. This clip could resurface on Twitter uh, after the deadline, but I think not for me without a wild card. I think that naturally we're naturally we're looking at this team and these players, and this is why my team looks so good this week is because they've all just scored in the previous week. Foden's not going to get a hat trick every week. Bowen's definitely not going to get a point, fourteen points every week, and Madison's not going to get eighteen points every week. So these, I think. It, what you need to think about is if Foden hadn't scored a hat-trick, were you looking at Foden? Because his data's not really changed that much. His data's always been good. His data's always been strong. And the fixtures have always been the same. And City have always been great. So I'm not sure the hat-trick should massively change your opinion. Maybe if you were on the fence, you start to lean towards it. But j- just try and think about, are you just knee-jerking in response to that hat-trick? Because Foden's definitely not going to get one every week. There's a few people, uh, I think we saw FPL Harry in chat, a few people were saying that we need to get the trio together. Um, absolutely, we'll do that at some point, Ross. Um, yeah, me, Ross and Harry are all really close. Um, we talk pretty much every day. And we, yeah, we do want to do like a, a stream between us all at some point. Um, but in fact, that reminds me, um, next month, me, Ross and Harry are going to the FCAs, the Football Content Awards. <laughs> so if you haven't voted yet, go vote for me, Ross and Harry because we're all in separate categories. Um, just Google the FCAs. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, Ross, we, we can't wait for that. It's going to be a good crack that. Yeah, I think uh, someone said we should document it. I feel like we, we've got to have to do some sort of, I mean, we're three YouTubers. We've got to do some sort of mini vlog of, of the event. Shall we? I think, that would be, I think it'd be quite interesting. I think if we each bring like a camera or something, <laughs> it will probably be very unprofessional because we're used <laughs> to like FPL graphics and stuff. But I think it'd be fun to, to document that and, and people to see, especially if there's alcohol involved. We, they might see a slightly different side to us if we vlogged out. Well, guy, what do you think in the chat? Should we make a vlog? Have you seen when people do, um, you know, my name's uh, Ross and this is my first drink. And then it goes to the <laughs> yeah. next video. My yeah, name's Ross and this let's is my second that. drink. And then you get to like, my name's Ross and this is my tape drink. <laughs> That's the yeah, content right, we want to see. <laughs> yeah, we're doing that. <laughs> All right, perfect. Yeah, hopefully Harry's still here. He might have just swung by and uh, dipped straight away. But um, no, I can't wait for that. So um, talking about, we're talking about Foden and um, bandwagons. There was a question in the chat about Trossard as well who also got a hat-trick last game week, and they were saying, what's your thoughts on Trossard? Yeah, so I discussed that in one of my videos earlier in the week. Basically, his stats from last season to this season are identical in almost everything, apart from his expected goals, which have shot up massively. So I think what we've seen from Trossard this season is he's looking for goals more. And I compared it a couple of seasons ago, I think it was now, I think not last season, the season before. Madison started making claims that he was looking to score more goals. And I think at some point in players' careers, sometimes they just make that transition where they just decide they want to start scoring more. And Trossard is just popping up in the box a little bit. And I think at points under De Zerbi, they actually looked like they were playing more of a front two. I think it was still a front three with Gross, but Gross dropped a little bit deeper at points and Trossard was up there alongside Welbeck. So basically, long and short of it, yeah, I think Trossard's an absolutely fantastic option. And the thing that I love about Trossard is he's got Forrest in game week 12 and he is a, a serious captaincy shout. If you don't own Salah or you don't want him, Obviously, we've got no Haaland, we've got no Jesus. You could, and Kane plays against Manchester United. There's a genuine shout to captain the likes of Madison, Trossard or Zaha. And I think arguably Trossard's got the best fixture there. So, yeah, I, I absolutely love Trossard at that price. And I don't think you should be put off by it being Brighton or from previous seasons. I think this is what I did with Pascal Gross early in the season. Take it at face value now. Trossard looks fantastic. So a lot of people probably want to uh, replicate the season you've had so far, Ross. Um, one question I've got is, what would you attribute your success to so far this season? It's difficult because I, I love this game and I spend so much time on it and we spend so much time creating content. It, it largely is luck and that's that's not me pulling away from the, the decisions that I've made in the season that I've had. But I, I can't sit here in good conscience and tell you that I've made perfect decisions. I've been very <laughs> lucky. Like I said, bringing in Trippier and Gross. They're just two very normal picks. I did not expect them to do so well. And to get Madison, Foden and Bowen all getting ridiculous returns in one week, it just, it would never happen in a normal season. That's sort of like a one in 1,000 game week. So absolutely luck. But if outside of luck, what have I done well? Very, 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 very safe and flexible game week one team. Like I said, I, I made it perfectly for flexibility. I could get to pretty much any player I wanted. I had one million in the bank. 
and I covered all of the major bases. There wasn't a single player that I didn't own that was going to really damage my rank or really hurt me outside of maybe Kane, but I chose Haaland instead. And then outside of that, I've just been like super patient. So I've actually only made, I think you've got the game week history on the screen. I've only made five transfers this season. Yep, I was going to mention that. Game, yep. We're going into game week 10 now. And to be honest, I could, but the only reason I'm not burning a trap, not, not using one is because I, I would be burning one otherwise. So I, I could probably get through to, I don't need one in game week 11 either. I could probably get through to sort of game week 12, 13 with five transfers. And that just suggests that I've set up the game week one team relatively well. And I've set up my wild card well as well. So long-term thinking, very, very patient, fairly safe. And outside of that, just getting a, a huge slice of luck with a lot of the picks. Good tips. So um, one other game we play on this channel each week is uh, Kings of the Game Week. And it's perhaps the most redundant exercise ever because everyone's probably going to guess Haaland. But let's guess hypothetically, right, that it's not Haaland. Um, who would your guess be, uh, Ross, for the top scorer of Game Week 10? And guess this in the chat as well. Who do you think it would be if it's not Haaland? All right, let's pretend Haaland doesn't exist. Or perhaps, hypothetically, he doesn't actually score highest. Who would you guess? I quite like... <laughs> There's a few, to be honest. I quite, I'd, I'd be targeting the fixture. So I like, like the idea of like a Danny Ings. I also like the idea of an attacker from West Ham. So I'll go for like Paqueta. I think it, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I doubt it'll be like a Bowen again. I doubt yeah. it. Ollie Watkins doesn't haul. But I could see like a Danny Ings or a Paqueta. Someone from those two fixtures against Fulham and Forest. Because actually Bournemouth have tightened up a little bit. So it puts me off going for like a Harvey Barnes or someone like that. Because they're actually been fairly tight at the back. So yeah, I would go for, uh, let's go, let's go for Paqueta. So shout Harry's gone for Solanke. Um, <laughs> of course he has. King has gone Cancelo. Yeah, I like the Cancelo shout. You know, he's, we've seen him get bonus points with no attack in return. So, you know, yeah. um, you know, if he can get a goal or a, an assist or something. But yeah, his numbers have dropped off, actually, which is uh, another talking point. But yeah, right now, I think there's um, other fires, perhaps not in your case, but there's much more uh, pressing matters than the player who's still second top scoring defender, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. than Cancelo. Uh, what else have we got? Barnes, Scamacher. What do you think about Scamacher? Uh, interesting uh, suggestion there. Yeah, my, my main issue with him is, number one, he's, <laughs> his data is so, so bad. He's not played many minutes, to be fair, but it's something like 0.12 XGI. So his data is shocking. Right. But the main reason, the main issue I have with him is that if he starts, he plays 60 minutes. And if he's benched, he plays 20, 30. And regardless of who's starting out of Antonio and Scamacher, I think the one that doesn't start, or the one that does start, I should say, is, is very unlikely to get over 70 minutes unless they switch formation and go for two up top. So when we're looking at per 90 stats, and his per 90 stats are pretty poor, to then think he's not even going to play 90, I just, it is a, it's a decent punt, but it's a punt at that. And again, something that I've done this season is that I've brought in a lot of 90-minute men. If you look at my team, they're, they're largely 90-minute men. And that's what's putting me off the likes for Martial, Skamaka. I think these are all such exciting picks, but... If they're not getting 90 minutes and they're not on pens, it just puts me off a little bit. I think there's safer, better options with better data to go for. We've got um, odds on FPL in the chat. He says Martial. I think that's some United bias creeping in there. Uh, a few people would guess Mount. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I love, I, listen, I love I love Tony Gloves. I think Anthony Martial is, when, when he's playing well and when he's starting, when he's fit, I think there are very few strikes in the Premier League as good at him as what he, uh, as good as him at what he does. I don't think he's a natural goal scorer, but I do think he's he's better than the likes of a Rashford Anthony, Anthony Alanga. So I think when Martial's fit, I have no doubt in my mind he's our starting striker. And when he's fit, I have no doubt in my mind that he'll score goals. But it's a similar situation now that we do have Alanga on the bench. We have Ronaldo on the bench. We have Rashford who can play through the middle. And Martial just can't string games together. Like at the start of the season, we thought he'd be great. Struggles to string mm, games I together, did. come back, gets injured. Yeah. So... I love him to bits and I think he's absolutely fantastic and he could definitely return, but you're taking a massive risk there that he'll just pick up another injury or again, that he'll only get 60 minutes. So there's a, a good one here from Lee, Lee Milner. He says, Wilson, um, I did want to talk to you about the goal scorer odds because he does appear there. In fact, he doesn't just appear there. He's second on the goal scorer odds. Um, I'll pull this up on the screen and I'm interested to know if there's any names here um, that leap out to you that would perhaps overlook him. Um, be good to get your thoughts on Wilson as well, actually, um, you know, with Isaac out at the moment. Yeah, um, well, I can tell the copycats this because, <laughs> because I can't do this. But if, if I owned Mitrovic and had money in the bank and was willing to take a risk, I would definitely go Wilson. I think the, the reason that I'm reluctant maybe to take Mitrovic out is that Wilson is the only striker that I really like as a replacement. And I just don't have the money in the bank. And I don't fancy having to make a downgrade elsewhere to sell Mitrovic and bring Wilson in. So I, th I think if you've got two free transfers, you can do it for free. And you fancy the risk of taking Mitro out. 
I think Wilson is is arguably up there as maybe the second best striker to own at the moment. And I just think that the thing that I love about Wilson is, yes, he struggles for injuries, but when he's fit, he plays 90. When he's fit, he's on penalties. And when he's fit, his data is really good. Like in previous seasons, even under the likes of Bournemouth, we've seen his data at like 0.8 expected goal involvement. So, and I think that season when he had that expected goal involvement, he played something like 3,000 minutes. So what we've seen with Wilson is a player that can maintain really decent underlying data. I think the lowest we've seen it is at about a 0.4, 0.5 expected goal involvement. So he'll maintain decent numbers. He plays 90 minutes. He's on pens. Fixtures are good. And Newcastle look good at the moment as well. So yeah, I, I love Wilson there. Uh, outside of that, I, I suppose, should we discuss Aubameyang? Because a lot yeah, of people, I, was been, ask I don't you. know if it's been on your videos as well, but there's been a lot of comments, people asking about Aubameyang this week. Yeah, he's been uh, in a few of my comments as well. People, I think, is he 9 mil, if I'm not mistaken? It's a bit of an yeah, awkward price point, you know. I'm surprised they priced him so high, um, you know, considering you've got players like Mitro for much cheaper, Jesus started the season at eight. I'm not sure why they put Aubameyang in at nine. Not for me personally. What do you think of him? Yeah, I actually really don't like Chelsea's fixtures. And I think if you look at the fixture tickets for any of the sites, Chelsea tend to be sort of towards the bottom half slash mid-table. That They've definitely not got the best set of fixtures. I suppose when I look at their fixtures, though, they don't have any overly tricky fixtures. They don't play Liverpool or City. Right? They've already played them. So they're not bad fixtures. I just look at them and I don't love them. And I think especially their away games, that like it could be tricky. Even their home games, they play United and Arsenal at home. So... I don't mind him. And when, again, he's a similar sort of player, not necessarily player, but the same similar sort of thing with Martial. When he's fit and when he plays, there are goals there. I just I just wonder whether Chelsea are the, the attack to back at the moment. And I wonder if there are better options for cheaper. Like, to be honest, as soon as game week 13 swings around, I'd much prefer Gabriel Jesus to Aubameyang. Yep. So I don't dislike it. Mm. it. It feels a bit like maybe a bit early and it feels like you're trying to desperately find a differential rather than just go for the good options that we already know there. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, there was a super chat from OP Talent. He said, uh, Raptor, just do uh, Martinelli to Zaha and Mitrovic to Solanke. Um, I'll just pull up that update on Mitrovic again. I think um, you were saying, Ross, that it looks like he's back for game week 11. So therefore you're planning to hold. Was that right? Yeah, that is right. And to be honest, I've, I've considered that. So yeah, that's a good suggestion on the super chat. I, I don't dislike that. I suppose then when I look at it, Martinelli and Mitrovic or Zaha and Solanke, I actually think I prefer Martinelli and Mitrovic. I suppose the issue we've got is that Martinelli's got a tricky fixture and blanks and Mitrovic is injured, for probably injured for this week, potentially injured. But if I'm just looking at the two players, I think I prefer Martinelli and Mitrovic. And I also think I like those price points. But I don't think I want to take all of the money out of that attacking spot because, like I said, I might end up trying to switch to a Jesus for that spot. So I don't dislike it. I just think I just think I'm going to hold Mitro. And I think I, I like the idea that a lot of people are going to sell Mitrovic because I still think he's the best asset in and around that price. He's underlying data strong, 90 minutes on pens. I think that if you can hang on to him, to have him for... What are the fixtures? They've got Bournemouth, Villa, Leeds, Everton. Like to have him for those four fixtures when he's maybe dropped his ownership a little bit, it could be massive. So I think if you can hold on to Mitrovic, that would be my suggestion. But yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a think on it overnight. Maybe I'll get a little bit more aggressive with my transfers. I could even drop Martinelli down and upgrade Mitrovic. So Martinelli could go down to a somewhere like a 5.8, 5.9 million pound player. Could take a punt on like an Elise or an Eze and then I could bring in Wilson for Mitrovic. So there are definitely options there. I just think. Like I said, my, my motto and my plan this season is basically do very little with my team. That's why I've only made five transfers. I basically pick a team that I think is good and I'm just letting it do its thing at the moment. So I'm reluctant to make sort of large-scale changes to my starting eleven when I don't really need to. So speaking of the budget strikers, there's also a few questions about Eduard. Obviously, a lot of people are looking at Zaha. Uh, people are looking at Gwehi, um, Guaita. Um, what do you think about Eduard? Is he a minute's risk or is he worth it? I think he's about 5.3 mil now. He's dropped in price. I just I don't like it for the minutes reasons, but I love I love Edward. I think I think he's absolutely an exceptional talent. I don't I don't understand why he's not starting every game. I think mm. every time I watch him, I think he's excellent. But Vieira is going to Vieira, and with, with those striking spots, he just, he just doesn't he he doesn't start a striker consistently for, for more than sort of two or three games. And I think the annoying thing is sometimes he will start a player a striker two or three games in a row. So it may well be that we see Edward start the next two or three. But then you then jump on that player and then he just suddenly benches them for three games. There's, there, there feels like there's no rhyme or reason. It doesn't feel like it's backed up by performances, goals, minutes. It just feels 
it must be something on training or off the pitch because he just switches it's between odd, yeah. too often. So I remember last season, Edouard went on a really good run. Uh, you know, he's getting the goals and assists, and then unexpectedly he was benched and didn't get a look in for a while, and he never really got back into the team. He was kind of just a rotation risk at best, and it was Mateta getting minutes. So uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, not for me, Edouard. I mean, I, I absolutely love Mateta as well. I think Mateta's great, but I do think Edouard should be the starting striker. But yeah, if we look at his minutes this season, it's been 57, 27, 69, 66, 36, 27, and then 83. So yes, he started 80, he played 83 minutes last week. Before that, the most he got was 69, and he was benched for three of the six weeks. So I, I just look at that, and I just think you're probably going to get a maximum of about 65, 70 minutes, equally likely to get 30 do you really want to go for a risk like that when there are potentially other options in and around or you can mix up the structure slightly to get in? I, I would, I, I'd prefer Solanke. I know his data is nowhere near as good, but you're getting 90 mm. minutes with him and pens. Yeah. So I, I just feel like that's probably a safer bet there. Yeah, it's exactly what you're saying earlier. You tend to look for the 90-minute men. Uh, and I do as well, to be fair, because a player who's getting more minutes is likelier to get your returns. It's simple as that. And it adds up. Yeah. You know, if a player's coming off at the 60th minute, you know, after three games, that's 90 minutes. He's played one game less than a player who's playing 90. Um, there's a super chat from Mickey he says uh, I sold Mitrovic and Paqueta um, for Callum Wilson and Zaha what do you think Mitrovic and Paqueta for Wilson, Wilson and Zaha, Zaha. I, I like those moves I, th- I think that's a good combination of transfers Mitrovic might come back to bite you but you know Wilson's <laughs> Wilson's a good pick for this week we saw on the goal scorers just now I like the Wilson it, pick and Zaha obviously it, what do you think yeah. They are literally the two players that I would love to... Like, if, if I could bring in two players into my team, it would be Zaha and Wilson. But I wouldn't want to take out the two you've taken out. So I guess I'm looking at that and thinking, they're great transfers in, but I don't like the transfers out. But in a net, if you were to say who's going to score more, obviously this week I would back Wilson and Zaha. And to be honest, in the future, I might as well. I just think I just think Paqueta still looks good, and I think he's got something in him at some point. But yeah, that's that's more of a gut feeling. And to be honest, I can't really justify a gut feeling. But yeah, I, I love the idea of Wilson and Zaha. I saw an interesting tweet from um, official FPO earlier. I don't know if you've seen this already, Ross, um, but they've basically shared the highest ranked manager that doesn't own Haaland. Did you see that? I did not. What, what rank was he? Guesses in the chat how highly ranked oh, is right. the highest ranked guess. manager. You as well, Ross. How high? If you know it already, don't guess in the chat. How high is the highest ranked manager that doesn't, hasn't, not that, that doesn't have him, sorry, hasn't had him the entire season? Oh, okay. He's not owned him at all this season. And we're looking for so out, outside of Haaland. I think Haaland's like close to 100 points. And I think the closest to him was like De Bruyne or like 50 something. So, and with captaincy as well, I'm going to go 46k. Oh, you're not far off at all. I think most people in chat have seen it. Uh, some guesses 58k, 20k, 800k, 800k, top 10k. Uh, in fact, I've got the uh, screenshot here. Let me pull it up. It's quite a good tweet from admin, actually. Yeah, it is. Someone actually asked them, someone tagged them, and then uh, that's how they came around to checking it. Uh, Martin's LFC Albion, with an overall rank of 38,555, currently the highest-ranked manager that's never owned Harlem, which just is testament to how essential he's been. Which is so, a, I wonder if he'd be first in the world if he'd have owned Captain Harlem. <laughs> exactly. Probably would be. I mean, that's an incredible rank considering... Um, yeah. I've just realised he's, he's LFC. Oh, he's clearly a Liverpool fan. Ah, he's, yes. probably, he's probably gone for like Darwin up top or something like that. But um, yeah, that's interesting. That's an incredible rank for someone that's not owned. A player that has literally demolished every other FPL asset. It reminds me of Ben Crabtree. I don't know if you um, are aware of him. Yeah, He's yeah. a Liverpool fan, I believe. Um, and he went... No, sorry, Everton fan. Yeah, he's an Everton fan. And yeah. he went the whole season without owning any Liverpool players. And he won FPL playing that way. Which is interesting, but um, not in this day and it's age. It's funny though Harland. because he he won he won before Liverpool before like right. the modern Liverpool, and I think yeah. in recent seasons he's done the same thing and he's struggled quite a lot because yeah. the likes of Salah, Trent, and Robertson are just so so good. But I just think there can't be any loyalties in FPL, and people were mocking me saying, "How can you be a Manchester United fan? And you're celebrating Harlan um, Harlan <laughs> hat tricks." Yeah, and I was saying I'm not celebrating the hat tricks. Like genuinely, when they were scoring, my heart was sinking. Like I'm a Manchester United <laughs> yeah. fan. But if they're going to score, then I'm going to hope it's the players that I own. And you just can't have those loyalties and biases in FPL. Because if I'd have gone for someone other than Foden and I'd captained away from Haaland, rather than being at 23k, I'd be down in like the 100s. I'd be in the millions if I hadn't owned City players this season. So I just think you've just got to try and remove those emotions from FPL, to be honest. 
Yeah, it's a good point. And you're probably the um, best person to talk to about biases and that sort of thing with your um, psychological perspective of the game. Um, yeah, I totally agree. You know, if um, if I think the best captain option is facing Arsenal as an Arsenal fan, then I won't be afraid to um, go for that. It does feel dirty, but sometimes you have to play like that, um, you know, to maximise your points. Uh, otherwise, it can bite you, as it has done, I think, in my earlier seasons. But yeah, nowadays, you know, if City are placing Arsenal, I'll captain Haaland. Yeah. I won't be happy about it. I think um, <laughs> FPL mate got in a bit of trouble for that, actually, didn't he? Because uh, he had Kane <laughs> against Arsenal. Um, he tweeted mixed feelings or something. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, mate, mate, mate just speaks the truth, and a lot of people <laughs> don't like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah I... ne- never changed, Dan. Yeah, he gets uh, a lot of stick Listen, for that. I, I do, like, I understand the perspective of football fans on Twitter that are saying, how can you place FPL above football, like, above mm. your football team? And I, I understand that. But at the end of the day, not everyone's the same. And if someone's full-time job and passion is FPL, there's no reason that they, that they need to or have to place football above that. So, but yeah, he did get quite a bit of stick for that, which was pretty funny. So I've got one for you, Ross, and I've got one for chat as well. Get your answers in. Would you rather win FPL or Man United win the league? Or, you know, in your case in chat, whichever team you support, would you rather win FPL or the team that you support win the Premier League? <laughs> what would you say, Ross? I, <laughs> I'd, 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 I would rather win FPL. Uh, yeah. For me... For me, but this is slightly easier for me in two senses. Number one, I've grown up watching Manchester United win trophies season upon season. So I've experienced that. Hmm. And number two, I, ha- I have a lot of faith that we'll be back there. Yeah. I don't have any faith that I could win FPL. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm banking on the fact that if you, were, if, you, if you were to frame the question differently and say, would you rather win FPL but result in Manchester United never winning anything again or Manchester United win and I could never get close to FPL? Mm. I would answer it very differently because I'm not going to place FPL above Man United like that. But I, I, yeah. I believe in trusting Manchester United that we'll win the league again soon. So I, I would controversially, please don't hate me, I'd, I'd go for winning FPL. You know what? I think chat is in total agreement. There's only a few that have picked their team. Chat is largely saying they'd rather win FPL. Um, I think a lot of the people that are saying their team... Are, because they've seen the backlash of people that say things like FPL is more important than my team. And for me, it's it's not. But something like that is is life-changing to yeah. win FPL, yeah. especially as a content creator. Like People don't realize how what that can do for you as a content creator. So I, I would win FPL. And it's my passion. Like I, I love FPL. It's, it's the game that I spend all this time on. So, yeah, it's not to say that I don't like Manchester United. I, I'm genuinely such a passionate Manchester United fan. I just, FPL is very meaningful to me as well. So there we go. I was going to ask you a bit about that, the content creator side of things. Um, obviously, your channel growth has been unbelievable um, this season. Have you seen it accelerate at all or you know, anything change as a result of the season you're having so far? Yeah, surprising. Like, so my, 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 my Twitter following and my YouTube following has actually been fantastic before the rank. So hmm. before this crazy Game Week 9, I was up at 35,000 subscribers and 55,000 followers. But yeah, in, in the last less than a week, I've gained 11,000 followers on Twitter and two and a half thousand, three thousand subscribers on YouTube. So yeah, it massively helps. But I think what people fail to see when they when they speak about yourself, Oscar, when they speak about Dan, they've got loads of subscribers because they had a good season. You, you need to have quality content, consistent content. You need to make good decisions. And having a rank helps that. Mm. But we've seen there are YouTubers out there and there are content creators out there that have had ridiculously good, consistently good ranks, even in like the top 100. That doesn't necessarily mean their channel explodes and does well. So I think the quality of the content is the most important and the advice is the most important. All a good rank will do is, like you say, it sort of accelerates. It's like adding a bit of fuel to the fire and that sort of like accelerates them. There's a, there's a good question in the chat. FPL River says, I've got a question for Raptor. Um, how do I explain to my missus that I'm seeing you again tomorrow? I don't, I don't know if he means uh, in real life or just more of your videos. But um, I, yeah, think, I think he's talking, probably talking about the deadline stream, which is going to be uh, like three hours long. We're starting at 11 a.m. Uh, and we're probably streaming <laughs> past the deadline. So yeah. I don't know, FPL River. He's going to be in a doghouse. Listen, you're, you're, you, yeah, you're already winning that you've got a message. You're already winning that you've got a pint. Like most <laughs> FPL managers probably don't. So no, just just explain. Just say I love spending time with Ross, and the content's just that. The content's just that good. Yeah, it's a poly relationship. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean you're you're everywhere this week. Um, you know, rightly so. Testament to the season you're having. Um, so congrats on that. Uh, is there any other questions in the chat? Keep the questions coming if you've got any more. Um, is there? FPL Visions removed, renewed the membership for two months. He says um, he's got De Bruyne and Andreas. 
And he's saying, should he go to Foden and Zaha with two free transfers? Hmm. Are you starting Andreas this week? That would be my, my, my first question. If you are, then yes. If you're not, then no. I just hate the idea of selling De Bruyne before Southampton at home. I, I however, it, yeah. however good Foden is, is. But if you're starting Andreas, <laughs> I think Foden and Zaha in combination is excellent. Oh, the chat's getting dirty now. FPL Swanson says, Raptor, would you give up your PhD to win FPL? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, that's I awful. I wouldn't do that. You wouldn't? I wouldn't do that. No, no. no. Honestly, so I've been... <laughs> if you can't tell already, right, I'm a massive nerd. I, I, I'm sure that comes across in videos and stuff. I'm very organized. I love academia. I've been working my butt off from GCSEs. I used to spend like six, seven hours a day outside of school. Like I've worked so hard across my life to get the best possible grades, to get the best possible degrees. I'm only two or three years away from the final qualification you can get, which is a PhD. There's no way I'd, I'd give that up. So um, if I was going to give it up, I could have given it up already and started YouTube, to be honest. But <laughs> no, I'm going to I'm going to stick out the PhD. So I'd have to say no to that one. Um, Messiah says uh, Oscar and Ross, he's loving the stream. And he says, may I ask about Sun? Um, I've got him and I'm unsure whether to keep or move to De Bruyne. Um, the reason I picked this one out is we were talking about Gimmick 13 onwards um, earlier. And if we look at Spurs, they've got Newcastle at home, Bournemouth away. Liverpool at home, tough fixture perhaps, but they've looked leaky. And then Leeds at home uh, before the World Cup. Do you think we're overlooking some? Oh, that's a t- uh, not not particularly, no. I, I haven't seen a great deal from Son other than that, other than that hat trick. I suppose the thing is you need to look at is if you're bringing in De Bruyne, you've got the blank. And I think Son has decent, to have Brighton and Everton in the next two, Manchester United's not ideal in the blank, but you also have an extra player for the blank. I'd be very tempted to hold Son through to 13. Hopefully he rekindles some kind of form over the next three and then move to De Bruyne. So, but again, this is the way that I'm playing this season. It's just my management style at the moment is to try and do as little as possible and try and make as few transfers as possible. So I would keep Son, but there's 100% justification to go for De Bruyne, I think. I'm going to take this opportunity, um, Ross, to ask you for some team advice as well. I'm going to do a little rate my team with another content creator. Um, Absolutely. I've only got one free transfer. Um, and I think I'm, I'm going to go Saka to Zaha. Um, I'll pull my team up on screen. Um, but I'm interested to know what you suggest. Cause I do have Mitrovic. Um, and if he's out, I'm probably forced to play Andreas or Nico. I've got Fafana, who is yet another player I've brought in that's got injured. I'm not going to have a, a rant, but a lot of players I've brought in have got injured. I've brought in Isaac Rodrigo, Fafana. Um, so there's a few casualties. Yeah. What would you suggest of my team? This is it as well, Oscar. You, like, you know from last season you need luck with injuries and stuff like that as well. Like I haven't had a single injury barely apart from Mitrovic. Like people have had Isaac, Luka Dean. They've had all of these things pop up. Like I've had absolutely no one. So again, that's another lucky element, but I, I'm looking at your team. I would 99 times out of a hundred do Saka to Zaha. The, the, the reason for that isn't just because of the fixture this week in the blank. Saka's data is actually quite poor at the moment. He's sitting in an expected goal involvement of about 0.4, which is just much lower than all of the other options you've got at that price. And yes, he probably still has penalties. And yes, he passes the eye test. But we're not seeing many clear-cut opportunities created by Zaha or for Saka, sorry, I should say. So I would almost definitely do Saka to Zaha. Um, in fact, I would I would yep. encourage that probably. Yeah, that's my plan move. I might make it tonight. Um, I've left myself with enough money to do De Bruyne to Salah if I need to in Gaming 12. But I did notice that Zaha's getting quite close to a rise. Um, heads up to people in the chat as well if you are on the brink of not being able to afford other transfers so yeah i think i'll probably do that exact move saka to zaha tonight um and what are you thinking you thinking andreas ahead of williams on the bench is that just because of williams minutes or do you just think a, an attacker yeah. returns likely for andreas yeah i'm interested to know if you agree with that or not i saw nico was um subbed off at half time last match for aurea uh minus one so it's a bit of a concern i don't know what the um the situation is there now maybe it's because the game was gone so aurea deserved to run out you know um that's where, I'm, that's where I'm at anyway. Andreas at the moment. What do you reckon? Yeah. My, my concern with Williams is we, we don't know if it's a back four or back five, firstly, for Forrest. And we also don't know... Oh, I mean, Aurea was really good when he came on. And I think that was the issue. If Aurea had come on and been relatively terrible, then hmm. you would have potentially said m- maybe he'll be fine. I wouldn't risk it personally because I think if Aurea does start, there's a chance Williams comes on. So, yeah, I would have Andreas ahead. But to be honest, you're probably not expecting a massive amount. If Mitrovic is out... I mean, who on who on earth is Andreas crossing to and passing to? That would be my worry. Yeah. So you, you're probably not expecting much from either, but I, I don't think it's worth 
using another transfer to try and fix that. I think let's just hope Mitrovic plays and listen, Andres could pick up a little assist or a goal. Could quite easily. Data's not terrible, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, w- I would leave it in the order you've got it probably. It's annoying. I don't know if there's any other Nico owners in the chat, but it's annoying because again, week 12, right? I was going to count on him to be my 11th man. Um, so I'm hoping he can come back and you know start impressing. Maybe they can get an upset against Villa because I do need him for game week 12. Otherwise, I'll be down to 10, uh, maybe 9. I think I'll take a hit to get Fafana out. Looks like he's out for four weeks, um, which is a shame. Yeah, you've you've got you've again. This is <laughs> it's one of those where you've made good decisions and got unlucky because Fafana getting injured and Williams losing his place. Neither of those seem particularly likely a few weeks ago. So mm. I think it's just one of those where. Hopefully you get a lucky streak in a few weeks and, and get a, a streak like I've had in recent weeks. Yeah, I mean, overall, I'm actually quite happy. You know, 192K, that's, um, I'm happy yeah. with that at this point earlier in the season. Um, Swella Pele says, like the stream, guys, there's two goats hosting. Yeah, I haven't actually asked yet, but if you have enjoyed the stream so far, do like it. And I have linked to Ross's YouTube channel in the description. So I'm sure most of you are already, but if you're not, go um, check him out. Go subscribe. He makes really top quality content, good analysis. Um, so I can't recommend him enough. So go do that as well. Uh, there's a super chat from Chris Aso. He says um, he's going to wildcard in gimmick 13. He's got two free transfers and 2.9 mil. He's saying, uh, what are your thoughts on Walker and Colback to Zaha and Mitchell and then bench Shaliba? Um, or also play flagged Bailey ahead of Andreas this gaming. I think Bailey's out, isn't he? Or a major doubt. But he's looking at Walker and Colback to Zaha and Mitchell. What do you think of those two moves? I mean, they look like the easiest set of transfers I've ever seen. Mitchell, Mitchell at 4.5 is an interesting one because he's just... He passes the eye test as a good left-back, but I don't think he's got a massive amount of attacking threat. I mean, I'd almost prefer Mark Gahey or... I know Anderson's a slight risk, so you might, want to not, you might not want to take that risk yourself, but I think Anderson will start. I prefer both of the centre-backs to Mitchell. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, Walker and Corbett, Cesar and Mitchell looks, looks pretty much perfect to me. Is he 4.5? I think I'd get Gway for 4.3. fantastic that's absolutely fine so welcome back to another fpl focal live stream my name's oscar (laughs) yeah um so my yeah that's what i was just trying to think what your intro was but i just completely blanked in my mind um yeah chat chat what's what's oscar's what's oscar's intro yeah oh i was muted as well i think now they can hear me that's absolutely brilliant. So it was literally just me. That was just you. Listen, I've guys, I've, I've already hit 121,000 <laughs> subscribers. That's how good my season's been. I'm already uh, at over 100,000 subscribers. I've been hijacked. How has this happened? It's now Ross's channel. I'm going to go I've stream ha- on yours. I've hacked your stream. Yeah, I've hacked your stream. You stream on my channel. I'll stream on your channel. Like... Oh, we said we were going to do that for April Fool's, didn't we? You're going to just oh, randomly yeah. do a video on my channel when I'm going to do a video on yours. Yeah, we YouTube. definitely need to do that. What do you think in the chat? We should do a stream on each other's channel or a video, right? Hello, I just guys. Don't think I have. I don't have the voice to do your voice over that smoothly. FPL Raptor here. Welcome back to another video on my YouTube channel. <laughs> Without further ado, today we're going to be talking about. <laughs> that is that's perfect. I can't no, think of any other things you say now. Yeah, they, they know mine. Welcome back to another video. No, for another. I don't even know my own slogan now. Welcome. <laughs> is it to another video? Welcome back for another video. I think you say is. four. I think I'm pretty sure you say four. Anyway, I don't know why my webcams disappeared. So that's. Uh, an issue for another day. Uh, did you <laughs> so change your hair, focal? Yeah, I've seen that. that. Uh, yeah, we're falling apart here. I think we won't stream for much longer anyway. How long have we been live? Like an hour or so? An hour? Yeah, we've been so live for an hour. hour. We can wrap it up whenever you want to. Um, yeah. Thanks, Somnaf, for becoming an FPL focal member as well on um, Raptors channel here. <laughs> Maybe I should switch this back to, to your team as well. <laughs> Hang on. There you go. So um, I don't think there's much else to say, to be fair. Um, goes about right. saying you're having an unbelievable season. Um, I hope you can push even higher from here. As we were saying earlier, your team looks really, really good. You've got two transfers and nowhere obvious to spend them. So um, I hope you get another green arrow. Looking good, to be honest, mate. Um, I think yeah, we should wrap it up crossed. there. If there's any last-minute questions for uh, Ross in the chat, then um, get your questions in. But with the stream um, falling apart before you all, I think it's uh, <laughs> almost time to wrap up here. Yeah, sounds good, mate. I think they're all. We've answered most of these questions, I think, anyway. Yeah. 
Perfect. All right. Well, that's been a good hour anyway. I've really enjoyed that. Thanks for joining me, Ross. It's always nice to chat to someone else on the stream as well, rather than you know just chatting yeah. for your own on your own. It's a well, bit anytime, more easy to mate, bounce anytime off that you're streaming that I'm not streaming, then please feel free to invite me on. I think it went apart from this minor blip at the end. <laughs> I think it went quite well. Yeah, we'll definitely do this again. There's probably going to be a few screenshots of this because it's got FPL Raptors team up there, and it's got you on it and not me. Every, everyone's already saying that I'm like self-absorbed and really arrogant, and I've I've managed to hijack FPL <laughs> vocal stream as well. So oh, there, we there we go. Well, um. Yeah, let me let me just uh, pull up my YouTube channel here. Hang on, FPL Raptor. <laughs> if you're not subscribed to my channel, then uh, make sure you are. I'm FPL Raptor. Um, without further ado, make sure you go hit subscribe. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of anything else to say, to be honest. We've fallen apart here. But thank you so much for your time, Ross. Um, Ross's channel's in the description, so go check him out and subscribe. Uh, if you did enjoy the stream, do hit like on it. Um, and that's it from me, Focal Out. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Ross. Cheers, mate. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.